Welcome to BitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molyneux. For information about BitFriends, classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.bitfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at bitfriends.org. BitFriends podcasts are now sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to BitFriends podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's show, I would like to welcome Pauline from Canada. So Pauline, welcome to my show. Hi. So how are you today? I am very good. Very excited to be here. Good. Awesome. Awesome. And I welcome you to the show. We're going to have a great time. Uh, before we get started, uh, officially introduce yourself and tell us exactly where you're from and maybe something unique about yourself. Um, so I am Pauline. Um, a lot of people know me as Polly. I kind of, Pauline is kind of my professional name. Polly, I grew up as Polly. Um, and so if you know me more closely, you'll know me as Polly. Um, I am from Canada. I'm about an hour uh, west of Toronto, uh, three hours east of Detroit, one hour north of Buffalo. So if you kind of triangulate that, I'm in there. Um, I'm not sure there's anything super unique about me, <laughs> except for vitiligo. We all know I have vitiligo because that's what we're doing this podcast right. for. So, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I love to garden. I have some dogs. Um, and that's me. There we go. You have a green thumb. Not all of us have a green thumb. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't confuse that. I love Uh-oh. the garden. My parents both have green thumbs. And then I'm like, they look at me like, how could you possibly kill that? So I love the garden. I'm not very good at it, though. Got you. You know what, though? Hey, if you love it, keep doing it. Because we, we all have to have something that we love to do. Yeah. So for our listeners, yes, this is all about vitiligo. So we're going to go ahead and dig into it. Um, so when did your vitiligo start? Um, I I feel like it was about 2009 um, in the fall would be when I actually um, noticed it enough that it made me say, hmm, what is this? I should go have this looked at. And I, and I say I noticed it enough. It was a small spot um, at the side of my mouth. And I actually, I was concerned. I was like, oh my goodness, do I have cancer? I should go see somebody, you know, what is this change in my skin pigment color? So I went and saw my family doctor um, and he put me on to a dermatologist who, uh, when I went to see him, and I think my family doctor knew what it was, but he kind of didn't want to break the news to me. So he was like, oh, I think you should go see a dermatologist. He's very, you know, he's a very nice guy. And he's I'll just send you to a dermatologist and they'll break the news to you. So I don't have to do it. And, um, and so when I went to the dermatologist, it was actually two days before I was going on vacation in Jamaica. And the dermatologist says, oh, okay. So very, very matter of fact, you've got vitiligo, nothing you can do about it. I'm sure you don't want treatment. That's all there is to it. Not no indication of like, you know, didn't tell me that it's going to spread or that it might not spread or that I could, if I wanted to try to, there was just, it was just very matter of fact, you have vitiligo. What else would you like me to say? So I was like, okay. And I was, you know, going away on a vacation. I was just like, okay, well, sure. No problem. And, and, um, 
of course, told myself, well, just don't Google it. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. And you'll be fine. But I Googled it, of course. Oh. And then, you know, the panic a little bit set in. But again, I was going on vacation. So it was my mind was okay to just compartmentalize the two. I'm going to go on vacation. I'll deal with that later. So um, and then when I went on vacation and, and out in the sun and started to darken up, I noticed that I had not a lot of spots, but I had more than just the initial one that I showed to the doctor. And he probably saw that because he put my face under the lights, the okay. um, the black lights, right? So he probably saw that I had more than that one little spot that I came to him for, but he sure didn't tell me that. So I, I found that out in Jamaica as I started to get dark and then the spots stayed there, you know, their color or lack of color. Um, and so then I, I had a bit of a meltdown there in Jamaica and I was like, oh my goodness, why is this happening to me? And right, right. yeah, so, but, and then I just, I came back and I was um, very busy uh, running a business and stuff. So I didn't really, I didn't really give it much thought. Um, it got worse. It got better over the years, but it wasn't really something that I paid much attention to because I didn't have time to pay attention to. So uh, people won't be able to see me um, in this podcast, but I'm only affected my face, um, my hands. I have a little spot on my one elbow. I don't have, mine doesn't match up. So I'm mostly on the right side of my body, right, which I right. find is so weird, but the right side of my body. So my right hand, my right wrist, my right elbow, those ones are all affected. I have a little bit on my left hand and then my face. Yeah, vit vitiligo is so unique in what it's going to do. Like you said, you start off as, as a spot on the side of your mouth. Um, my vitiligo started as a spot on my hand. Now, later, I did notice I have, had a spot on the side of my mouth. And of course, you know, when you notice it, you're trying to, you know, yes. clean it off and you're trying to figure out, well, maybe that's a scratch or, you know, yeah. a scab going away, but I didn't have a scab there. You know, you're trying to figure out all these things. Um, and as we know in our community, you know, once it appears on your face, it changes the whole game. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really changes how you look at yourself, how others look at you, and or how you think others are looking at you. Um, and even, I, I say even the hands, you know, uh, hands and legs and feet, really, because everything else in the body, we can kind of hide, you know. But yep. your hands, you know, once you get vitiligo on your hands, you can't hide it. And that's what people yep. see. And going to shake somebody's hand, you can tell those who, don't want to touch you, those yeah. ears, and you could feel all that. Um, now, once you got back from Jamaica and you started interacting with, let's say, with family and friends and letting them know what 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 you had, you know, or still have, you know, with the vitiligo, what, what were their reactions or how did they feel or how did they support you? Uh, it's not really, I don't think I've ever sat down with anybody really and said listen this is what i have and, right. and let's discuss it and are you okay with it and it's, it's always just been that i have it. i mean as it got more apparent on my face i think my family it was just like maybe at christmas they'd just be like what's happening with your face oh i have vitiligo oh okay cool and right. and go on from there so there's there hasn't been like a uh, tell-all moment where you know i'm sure that they have googled it and researched it etc but I also believe that, and I know, and even though we don't remind ourselves of this often enough, they don't see the spots. Like right, the people right. that you are with, your family, your good friends and everything, they don't see the spots anymore. So it's not, uh, it's not a comment or discussion. It's not anything that we talk about on a, 
really ever, you know, I might bring something up and be like, holy crap, my face is going to town or something like that. But we don't really, really talk about it at all. So and I don't, you know, I have, I'm one of those people who has a very small handful of close friends. So, you know, if I felt the need to talk about anything to them about it, um, I could. uh, And they're always, I know people think it's supportive when they say, we don't see your spots. It's like, okay, I thank you. But I'm telling you right now, like I see them and I need you to remember when you did see them and, and, and treat me like, because I need to know, like, how did you feel or what did you see or whatever? So it's, it's great that people don't see your spots after a while, they don't notice them. But when, when somebody is using that as a comfort, like we talked before about dating, when, when I say, oh, I'm nervous to go on a first date and my friends say, oh, don't worry, we don't see your spots anyways. It's like, yes, but you did see them. There was a point in time when you noticed them and whether you said something or not, you did notice that. I had those spots. So, but nobody, you know, I've never, I have never had, um, and this really was an eye opener for me when I started um, going to the, to the uh, support group and that I've never had somebody pull their hand away from me or, or do anything. You know, the worst thing that's happened to me as far as my vitiligo is I ran into a friend I hadn't seen in years and uh, at the mall and I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't seen in you forever. And she looked at me, she said, what the hell happened to your face? I was like, uh, okay. And it really took me by surprise because that is honestly the only negative thing, unless okay. I don't, unless I'm just, you know, naive and don't notice it, but that's really right. the only negative thing that I have ever had somebody react to my vitiligo specifically. So. Okay. Uh, I'm going to backtrack and we're going to come back to that again. Um, talk about doctor experiences, you know, um, even here, uh, right here in North Carolina, uh, we have a doctor who had kind of the same approach, but he was a little different. Like he really didn't, didn't even say you have vitiligo. He just kind of looked at you mm-hmm, 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 and left out, you know, and he kind of came back with a pamphlet and a prescription and sent you on your way. It was like, there was no comforting. Yeah. There was no yes. explanation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important for people that seek um, treatment or that seek some type of um, uh, guidance from a doctor to get more than just, oh, you have vitiligo, bye. Yeah. You know, you, you need that, it may spread, or this may happen to it, or you could repigment, or, you know, yeah. you might be sensitive to light, uh, uh, to sunlight, you know, all these things I think we need to hear. And we're not getting, I feel like sometimes we're not getting enough of that. Um, did you go get a second opinion from a different doctor? Um, I did not specifically at that time. Um, so that doctor, when he was like, he's like, I'm sure you don't want treatment. I was like, uh, I do. Yes, please. Right. Like, what, if, what is out there? Tell me. So he actually sent me to Toronto for light treatments and said, okay. you know, she's like the leading doctor around here for vitiligo and phototherapy. But she was mostly most of the patients there were eczema. So, um, and, and again, when I went to see her, she, first of all, the doctor who sent me an hour to Toronto three times a week, didn't tell me that there was one 20 minutes away. (laughs) So, you know, there was that definite disconnect there. But when I went to her, you know, she had me sign off on a paper saying, I understand that I might get uh, skin cancer from doing these light treatments and blah, blah, blah. 
all of these things that I'm learning now because I go to a support group because I, I mean, the information that you can get in a support group is unbelievable. Right. So, um, you know, I did those treatments for a long time. They didn't really help that much because I was only going two or three times a week and it wasn't enough. I think, I, I just think compared to when I started going to the guy who is the, the dermatologist here, who I do see now on a regular basis and, and the night and day, like just night and day, he's phenomenal. Not only just, I mean, he's a tell it like it is guy. He, right. He'll tell me there's no cure. Don't think there's a cure here, but we right, can help you. Right. right. So he's not, he's not selling me some scheme or something. He's telling me like it is, but he's also saying like, here, I think this is what you need. I think you just need to do this. Um, you know, because it's on my face, I do have the chance for repigmentation. So right. I'm I'm using the cream and the lights. And, um, you know, uh, he also, one time, I, I've gone through phases where I really don't care. So I wasn't doing the lights. And then the last right. time I went back to him, I was like, you know, I, I feel really vain telling you this, but I want to do the lights again. I want to repigment right. again. And he's like, well, why do you feel vain? I'm like, because it's just, it just seems so so vain like why else you know and he's like but you get to feel how you feel like right. it doesn't Absolutely. matter there's it doesn't matter why you want to do it you get to feel how you feel and that's the most sort of non-clinical any doctor has been with me about it right and and you, I think you really need that part from your doctor to be able to have them have a little bit of empathy or you know not just the black and white of hey you have an uncurable disease so right or condition or whatever you want to call it. it we have no cure for you. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a couple of pointers. I'm going to come back to uh, things you have said, but going back to um, dealing with people, um, I've had coworkers say, oh, I didn't notice. And I'm sitting there thinking, seriously, we worked <laughs> together for eight years. You never notice I have been yeah. like, and I, and I, and I did say to one, I said, I'm not invisible. I know you have seen my spots. You may have acknowledged them, but you didn't say anything. And that's cool. You've accepted me for me. I'm okay with that, but don't say I didn't see it. I mean, like, mm -hmm. come on. I'll look in the mirror. Boom. How can, you, how can I hide my hands? You know, yeah. if I shave, like, you can see it around my mouth, you know. Yeah. And, and I've had, and I've said this on a different podcast, I, I had someone um, call me out and say, you know, what's wrong with your mouth? And, you know, like, what's wrong with your face? You know, <laughs> And, and that's one of those defense mechanisms. Uh, oh, but, I definitely, when that girl said that to me, I felt like, yeah. saying, well, uh, when did you gain a hundred pounds? But you know, right, I, right. Didn't, I didn't do it because it's, but that was, you do, you, your first thing is like to go on the defense and then Absolutely. it's like, okay, relax. They just aren't sure what's going on here. And they just want to, you know. And, and that's, that's true. Um, I had a conversation with a few other members when I first joined the support community. Because um, I, I said, well, do you guys get angry with people? And they said, yeah, all the time. And I'm like, okay, I feel normal. Because I, the way people treat me or look at me, I, I felt I had to be on the defensive. You know, because at the time, that's all I knew. That I knew, okay, if you said this about me, I'm going to say this about you. Mm -hmm. Or if you treat me like this or you look at me like this, I'm going to give you attitude back. You know. Yeah. Now, I'm in a different place now. I, I, I don't care. You can look at me all you want. You can make a comment. I'm good. You know, I might have a funny comment to say back. I, that's just where I'm at now. Um, now in, in your business dealings, uh, you know, dealing with other people, you know, have you ever noticed any hesitancy or maybe they might look, may not say anything, but they definitely give you a look. Um, I, again, it, it might just be that I'm, because I, 
I forget I have it most of the time, right? right? And it's just one little thing will trigger you to remember or yeah. not even trigger you, but you just remember you reach for a piece of paper and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the hand oh, with yeah. all the thoughts. And, <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, you say you have these defensive mechanisms, but I think for me, it's kind of like you're you're always just kind of wondering, you know, like I'll right. be teaching a class and everything. I'm just everything's going fine. I'm talk, talk, talk. And then something in my head pops in like, Hey, do you think they're looking at your hands? And it's like yep. nobody did anything to make you think that. Nobody right. was staring. Nobody, but it just pops in out of nowhere. Like, I wonder if they wonder what the heck is wrong with my face. Like, right. you know, so it's it's always the, even though it's not always at the forefront, it right. somehow tends to always make its way to the forefront, even just for a split second or or something. And, and you know, I, I get like that. Now I was talking to a um another member and I said there are levels to vitiligo. I said, you know, once you reach that acceptance and you're good with it, or at least you think you are, but it takes that one something somebody might say, do, and it sets you back and then you got to climb back up. And I find myself doing that, um, walking through a crowd. Like if I go to the store and it's too many people, I kind of feel like, oh, are they looking at me because I have vitiligo, you know, or is it because I'm the only one wearing the mask or is it, yeah. you know, you, you wonder all these things. And then, like, when I wear shorts, you know, you can see my vitiligo. I can't hide it. So my legs, you know. And there are times when I'm good and I forget I have it. Like you said, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm just going through my day. And then there are times there are times I'm like, uh, they're gonna see my legs, and I don't want people to see my legs. So yeah, but I can't hide it because I already have on the shorts. But it's that yeah. insecurity that builds yes. back in. Um, it's always there's it's I think it ebb and flows uh, and for me it ebb and flows with or ebbs and flows ebb and flows with oh, um the, the how active my vitiligo is like right, right. now i i it's funny because you know i've been thinking about doing this podcast for a week or two weeks now and in the last two weeks my face has decided that it is going to <laughs> just piss me off and start <laughs> popping spots and and i didn't you know i went last weekend to the mall and i was trying right. on clothes and the you know the lights in the hotels and the change rooms they're the worst because they show they're like being under the black light at the doctor so mm -hmm. i looked in the mirror and i was like oh my goodness my face is popping like you can't really see it yet because i still have a good tan but there it is like it's it's bad it has not been right. this bad i would say for three at four years at least so now i'm like oh great this is going to be a long hard winter because once i start losing my tan then the right. spots are going to show up more and it's just and so now i'm like in this and i don't want to stress about it because that's not going to help it at all right but, it's not help. you know mm -hmm. it's it's like that the all the confidence that you may have built with right. being like i'm okay with it i'm okay with this like yeah but are you okay with this much vitiligo because that's how Absolutely. much you're gonna have this winter so right. yeah it, it's then it becomes a whole new question of uh, are you really okay with it or were you really only just okay with it because you only had a little bit you know so right. would you be okay with it would i be okay with it if my legs were covered would i be able to right. still reach that level of you know this is me this is who i am if I had more spots or if they were right. more, you know, everywhere spread out or so it's, yeah, it's a constant. Uh, it's a battle. Yeah. Let's call it a battle. It, and it's not a battle so much with vitiligo itself. It's more of an internal battle with ourselves. You know, like I said, I'm good. I'm not, I'm good. I'm not, I'm okay today. Yeah. Tomorrow it might be, yeah. don't look at me, you know, <laughs> and, you, and you just don't know. Um, even at school, you know, I work in an elementary school and I'm the only man of color there besides the custodian. And walking through the hall, it's like 
it, it's weird because I'm that celebrity guy. I'm the guy with the skin. Look at his skin. I can I I hear the comments. His skin. <laughs> What's wrong with him? And I got. Do you have skin cancer? You know, I, I, kids yep. are curious. And some days I'm great, but I walk in that cafeteria and it's look like all eyes are on me. Then I'm thinking, are they looking at me because I'm the only black man in the school that works in the classroom? Or are they looking at me because I have my vitiligo and I have my arms showing and hands showing? Or, or what? You know, you have all these questions. And, um, and, and sometimes I, I feel a little insecure in front of the kids. I'm like, but this is my job. This is what I have to do, you know? Yeah. Um, there was something you said, uh, feel how you feel, you know, and if we are all entitled to feel how we feel about vitiligo, and I know sometimes within our community, we can be a little pushy, you know, you need to accept your yes. skin, love the skin you're in. Yes. Well, maybe I don't love the skin I'm in because my skin is marbled or looks like yeah. a leopard or a cheetah or however yeah. you want to look at it. And, and I want to say, it's okay for you not to like it. You know, yeah. I don't think anyone in this world wakes up to say, hey, I have vitiligo and I love it. You know, yeah. you get yeah. to that point, but it's not something we all ask for either. You no, know? I think I I think there's very few people who have vitiligo who would, if you said, uh, okay, no consequence whatsoever, you can snap your fingers and have your pigment back. I don't know anybody who would say, no, 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 please let me just, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's somebody out there who says I'll stay the way I am, but I, hey, if you told me tomorrow, right. you can do this, find me a vaccine for it or whatever, right. I'm, I'm in because I, I don't, it's, it would just be one thing off my plate, you know, not right, that it, right. not that it creates havoc in my life, not that it is a super stressor for me, but there's always just that low level of stress that it is there. And, and I would absolutely, yes, I get to feel how I feel. Yes, I'm okay with it. I know there's people out there who are not, and I've met people out there who are not, and it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter how dark you are. It doesn't matter how many spots you have. It doesn't right. matter where your spots are. There are people out there who are who have completely lost all their color and they've learned it and they're they're fine. And then there's people who have, you know, when I was going for light treatments in Toronto, let me tell you, there was a girl there and I didn't understand this at the time. I wasn't in a support group. I was new to vitiligo. I didn't know anybody else with it until I went to these treatments. And there was a girl who was there always at the same time as me. She was a white lady. She had a spot on her wrist that honestly, every time she had to show it to me and I'm like, where, I don't, where is it? I can't see it. Where is it? Right. You could hardly see it. She was take, she had left her boyfriend because she was depressed. She was on antidepressant. She was coming in three times a week for treatments for a small, I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm belittling it, but it was consuming her. Like it right. was everything to her that she was losing her pigment. And, and so there's, you know, not everybody can accept it the right, same absolutely. as, as the next person. And, and what I might look at and say, like, really, come on, lady, like you've got a tiny little spot plus you're right. white. And I think too, I think as black people, we tend to, uh, and I'm light skin for anybody who doesn't know me about, I'm light skin, but I'm We're half both black, half white. People. And, um, <laughs> I think we tend to look at the white people and say like, hey, you know what, your plate isn't so bad because right. you're white and then you're just getting a little bit whiter. But it's 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 the same affliction for all of us. And right. so we should not minimize anybody by how many spots they have or where their spots are, or how dark they are, or how much contrast there is. You know, it's we all have the same 
same affliction. Absolutely. Um, and I, I just talked about that on one of my um, Living Life at, at, and Love at Night um, podcast. You know, we do it to ourselves. You know, we are cruel. We treat each other uh, with disrespect. And it comes back to that. And, and I didn't want to call it colorism, but I feel like it is a big part of it. You know, if you're dark with vitiligo, your your um, story matters more than somebody yeah. who's light with vitiligo. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like it doesn't matter because if you have vitiligo, you have it. If you go to a doctor and you get diagnosed with vitiligo, whether it's a small spot or a large spot or all of your, you know, pigmentation, it, it's vitiligo, you know, and everybody's story is going to be totally different where I may be okay with it and learn to manage and cope. Somebody else is not. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what, that's why our support groups are so important. Um, and our support groups are not just for Black people. They're for all people. Yep. You know, regardless uh, where you're from is not just for American people, you know, yeah. and, and I put it out there because sometimes we feel like it's just about Americans, you know, just about the USA. Hey, we have, you know, vitiligo here and it's only here in the USA. No, it's global. It's around the world, you yeah. know. And, and in, in some of the cultures, it is like there is the cultural aspect of it where it's not okay. Right. Like, it's just right. not okay. Right. You are, uh, uh, like, you might as well have leprosy if you have vitiligo. So, Absolutely. you know, I mean, here, yes, we you can get the stairs and whatever, but to literally be left by your husband or, you know, right. banished from the village because you have it is is just a whole other level of things that people have to deal with, so. Absolutely. Um, I actually spoke to uh, someone on my podcast where her, um, grandmother got banished from the church because of a vitiligo. Um, I, I interviewed somebody in Brazil. She shared her story about living in a tourist area, having vitiligo and not being able to find work because of her skin. So it's a lot of that going on with maybe in the U.S. or I would say our part of the, the world. We may not have that same um, level of uh, disrespect or, or treatment towards others, but it's important that we embrace each other. You know, if I meet somebody from another country and they share their story, their story is important, regardless of their skin tone. If I meet somebody from over here in the U.S. or wherever, it's important. All of our stories play a major role. I know mm -hmm. you and I talk, and um, and you know we had a conversation about that. That you kind of didn't feel like your story was, you know, yeah, important. And I said, no, your story is just as important as the next person. You know. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there's somebody that's going to hear it and say, I understand what she's going through or went through. I feel just like her. And that's going to give somebody else encouragement. And yeah. I feel like that's what we should, we should be doing is encouraging each other to not always accept vitiligo. I know we push a lot to accept it, but at least to learn how to cope and manage. Um, yeah. Because we're, we're, we're not going to always reach a level of acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just reality. As much as we go, oh, love our skin, love yeah, you. yeah, that's not, that's not yeah, that's not realistic. Yeah. Um, but it is realistic for some. Let, let me put it that way. There's some of us in our community. They have reached that level, and I support them on that. Um, they are modeling, they're rapping, they're DJing, they're acting and directing, mm -hmm. and all these things, and that's great, and wonderful. But also remember that we have others who are not there, and let's not forget about them. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, 
let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about support groups. Um, there are so many support groups within the United States, and uh, I'm not sure. Do you have any in Canada? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. So I followed um, the Detroit group for quite a while, actually. Just it happenstance through my Facebook, and much earlier than the point where I went there, I was following the group. And just you know, if it came through my Facebook feed, I would see it. wasn't actively seeking out um, vitiligo information. Right. And then um, when I I started to uh, because I sold my business, so I had some time on my hands. And then I started to actually more actively follow the group and I was very interested in it. And then the 2018 conference was coming around and I was like, oh, I'd be interested to go to that. But I didn't have the nerve to, actually it would have been the 2017 conference maybe. But I, and then I, um, and I had followed Lee Thomas forever. I had, I long before I had vitiligo, I followed the guy who lost his color, right? Like it was right. just turning white. It was a fantastic story. Um, and so then um, when I had more time on my hands and then my dog died in June and my way of dealing with that was to find something to keep me busy because I right. just, you know, I needed to not think about that. And I was like, you know what? I am going to take a vacation. And I think it was probably about five weeks before there was going to be the next meeting of the support group. I was like, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to make it a long weekend and I'm going to incorporate the the meeting there and I'm going to go. So I planned that, you know, for five weeks, what am I going to do in Detroit and go to this meeting and, and kind of wrap my head around the fact that I was going to go to this group because I was thinking to myself, they're going to think I'm nuts to drive three hours to go to a support group meeting. And what if I'm not allowed because I'm Canadian or what if they, you know, you know, right, the, right. The, the nonsense was in my head, but most, the, the biggest thing for me was what if I don't have enough vitiligo for them? Like right. what if I, what if I don't belong because, and it, this would, would have been in July, which means most of my spots were not showing at all. Right. So I was like, oh my goodness, what if I go in and they kick me out or they just, you know, what if I'm sitting on this side of the room and everybody else is on the other side because I don't belong and uh, all this just nonsense, but it was all going through my head. But I was like, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So I went, it was, uh, I can't even explain what an amazing feeling it was to go to that group because I I don't consider myself somebody who needs a support group. I'm I'm an independent person. And if I have a problem, I just buckle down and deal with it. And I, I figure it out. And I never, I mean, now I'm like, well, what else do I need support for? Because it's unbelievable (laughs) what it does for you to walk into a room, especially with vitiligo, to walk into a room and see 40 other people there who have vitiligo. And I'd seen maybe there's one lady here who works at Walmart who has it, and she doesn't even make eye contact with me. She clearly doesn't want to talk about it or anything. So to walk into this room and they're just the best people in the world, like just, it was fantastic. So it was um, just a great, great experience. And I really do think that anybody, I mean, if you have the LIGO and you really don't care, then so be it. But if you right. have any misgivings or or you want information or you want, I mean, the information I've got from that group about treatments and everything, mm-hmm. some stuff we right. can't get here in Canada that you guys already have going on, but at least I know it's there and I know it will eventually come here and it, it 
blows things out of the water. I go to my doctor. I'm like, hey, talk to me about jack inhibitors. And he's like, you can't get them, Pauline. You can't get them. And I'm like, are you sure we can't do this as a trial or something? He's like, Pauline, just let it go. So, but it's stuff that I would never know about, you know, right. without going to that group. And and so uh, the conference and and the people I've met and the the support that you get and it was it was amazing. I I can't recommend right. it enough. And I agree. Um, and I but. I'm gonna be honest. I was anti-support group at first. Um, <laughs> Katrina, who's our um, one of our leaders for the state of North Carolina, and I'm the other leader for the state of North Carolina. Um, she had her nephew giving out cards to people with vitiligo, and um, he seemed to always find me. <laughs> we could be at a um, we had like the African American festival, thousands of people, and he would find me. Yeah, like dude. Every every time, I think I had at least three or four of her cards, and I said, "No, I'm not calling this place. No, yeah. I'm good. I don't need a support group. I'm not going." And um, there's a gentleman um, on on Facebook. On Facebook, he's ATM. That's Terrell. Um, he's here in North Carolina, and I knew Terrell from high school, and he had vitiligo then, but I didn't know what it was. And um, we ended up going to college together. I was a year ahead of him, a couple years ahead of him. However. Um, even in college, you know, he had vitiligo. I didn't, and I, he was the only person that knew it, vitiligo. Until like 1995, 96, I started developing my vitiligo, and I'm going, oh crap, you know, there's a spot. Wait a minute, there's another spot. Oh, there's some more spots, you know, and then I started kind of struggling with it. And and I remember interviewing Terrell, and he said, Mark, I saw your vitiligo. I wanted to talk to you, but I knew you weren't ready. And I said, I'm glad you didn't because I wasn't ready, you know. <laughs> and, and that's one thing about support groups. You join them when you're ready. Yeah. If sometimes we push people to join us and they're not ready and they leave and you never see them again. Yeah. Um, you really have to be ready within yourself. And in 2019, that's what I did. I, I reached out to Terrell. I was like, hey, I'm ready to join the support group. He was like, okay, good. We have this program this Saturday. I'll see you there. Wow. It was just that fast. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. And but showing up, like you said, seeing other people with vitiligo, I'm like, wow, where all these people come from? Because even here in North Carolina uh, in Raleigh, I don't see people often with vitiligo unless I make an effort to see Katrina or Terrell or some of the others, but they're here. Well, there's a lady at Bojangles that um, has vitiligo. We talk often when I stop there. Um, that's one of our restaurants, uh, Bojangles, great chicken. Yeah, biscuits. I, I know Bojangles. <laughs> um, but, I'm, but I'm no stranger to the States. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a very sweet lady, and we talk about vitiligo sometimes, and she says she knows um, a lady at another place that has vitiligo, but this lady's not ready to accept it. I, I said, I get it when she's ready, you know. But going to a support group is very, very, I, I think, it's a very positive move for anyone who has vitiligo. For one, not just for, like you said, the information you get, but for two, the company, the friendships, you know, that you develop, um, because we all have something in common, whether it's big or small, we know what the struggle's like to have vitiligo, or maybe not the struggle, maybe, like I said, you can encourage somebody else to say, you know what, this is how I walk in my confidence, you know? Yeah. Um, I think too, if you if you think about it, Mark, like you said, you weren't ready for it. So maybe you weren't ready for a support group, but now in hindsight, can you see how the support group you thought you didn't need it, but the support group needs you. So right. you you know, I 
I thought I didn't need a support group and now I'm in the support group. I'm actually on the leadership committee, which right. I mean, being in Canada during the pandemic, I, my hands seem very tied for what I can and can't do to help, right. but I can still, when I could be there, I could do things and, and, you know, you don't, you don't even have to be a part of the leadership or anything, but just showing up because, you know, maybe, maybe your support group, there's no white people there because nobody wants to go. But if, if, if the one person goes and then the next person goes, they're like, oh, you know what? I, there's, there's more like me. There's, there's right. more like somebody's story is going to trigger you in a way that, so, you know, I mean, I know it's time, it's taking out of your time to go and everything else, but I can guarantee you, you're not going to go there and say that was a waste of my night. Like I can right. guarantee you, you will not say that. And you, you don't realize what you're going there and participating does for the other people as well. Absolutely. And, and you know, sometimes we just need to share. Sometimes we need to vent, you know, cause you know, I haven't been a LIGO, but before I've been a LIGO, just being a person, just being a human being on this planet is stressful enough. You know, the things we see, the things we deal with, the things we're going through, and then you power on this condition that enhances sometimes those challenges that you have. You know, maybe you were already insecure about some things. Now here comes vitiligo and it amps up your insecurities or amps up that low self-esteem you may have been dealing with, you know, um, or, or just the anxiety. And then it triggers maybe depression, some other things. Sometimes we just need people to talk to, somebody to cry with, you know, all these things that we need. And I think that's the most important part of that support group, you know, if you just, well, pre COVID, you know, if you just needed to hug somebody, yeah, the support group was there, you know, it's like, Hey, come here. I got you, you know? Um, yep. and, and I do think, um, and we're going to talk about the pandemic a little bit. That's what has hurt our community the most, this pandemic, because you can't, you can't physically be there with each other, you know? Um, some of us are starting to get together, you know, um, with some precautions put in place, but still it, it's something that's missing. It's like, it's a big chunk of that companionship with others mm -hmm. that's missing. Um, how has the pandemic or has it affected you and, and your vitiligo in any way? Um, well, aside from not being able to go to the, to the meeting while well, the meetings haven't been happening they did just have their picnic which so every august there's a picnic and um it was canceled last year so this year they had it it was just a couple weekends ago but the border is still closed for me so i couldn't go but i mean i think it's it was huge turnout huge turnout because people are just like let's we need to get together right, so, right. um yeah so i couldn't do that i couldn't go to the convention which you know that's another amazing experience. Um, do I think the pandemic has caused my villa? Because stress obviously makes it worse. Um, right. I don't. I don't know if it did. It would have been back at the beginning because I was pretty stressed about it at the beginning. Okay. The unknown, you know, global global economic uncertainty is like my right. biggest fear. So I was definitely really stressed at the beginning. Now I'm over it. I don't really, you know, <laughs> okay. it's it's so. But I I don't. I've been trying to think like, why in the last few weeks, why is everything just going crazy? And I, I can't put two and two together. So maybe it is right. just the extended ongoing. I mean, we're going into a year and a half, two years. So maybe it's just the dragging out of everything that's, that's causing it. I don't know, but um, I think probably for me, the worst part about the pandemic is not being able to go down for the meetings for sure. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it has been hard not being able to meet with uh, the community members and checking with them on Facebook is hard too because people are not they're not tuned in like that. You know, yeah. you kind of yeah, I have fun with my friends. I talk with my friends, but I don't want to be a part of this group because uh, it's enough. Yeah. I had enough Zoom. I had enough of this and that. I yes, and at the beginning of the pandemic when we were trying to organize, okay, let's do our meetings via Zoom and everything. I mean, I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing these Zoom. I, I was not a video call person, right? I did not do FaceTime. I didn't meet, I just didn't. Now I'm just like, why are you calling me on the phone? Why aren't you video chatting me? Because right, right. I, I figured it out and I'm I'm comfortable with it. But at the beginning, and I think a lot of people were uh, feeling the same way. Like, I don't want right. to be on a video call. I don't want a video conference. I don't, or... I spent my whole day at work on a video chat. I don't want to come now and do two hours afterwards and get on right. a video chat. So um, it's definitely, um, you know, created some difficulties and and with the whole meeting and getting together part of it. Which is true. Um, one, one of the things we did um, starting last October, we did um, like storytelling events. Like we would have um, via Zoom and we would put on Facebook Live where we would just get together with the community and talk and share. And, um, you know, first it started with uh, October. We had, um, I have a cousin who was a comedian in New Jersey. So he came on board just to kind of share and talk with us. Um, and it was fun, you know, give, give us a chance to laugh. And then we did like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then we did a recap of the year, uh, the pandemic year, but we didn't talk about the bad parts. We talked about yeah. the, you know, what was your favorite comfort food? You know, what, what clothes did you wear? You know, most of yeah. us were wearing the same clothes after a while, you know, yeah, because <laughs> uh, we had nowhere to go. And what what song got you through? You know, that was yeah. a great time. And we were just trying to do things differently to reconnect with each other. Mm -hmm. um, although we didn't have a lot of people join in on the call, but we had a lot of viewers on Facebook Live. And uh, we just had to rethink things, you know, do things differently. And even with my podcast, uh, I was doing live um, podcasts where they were calling live and, you know, we're talking the phone. But then I said, you know, let me do it a little differently. I would like to see who I'm talking to. Because half the time I didn't know who I was talking to. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, I still don't know a lot of people in the community. So what I'm doing now, I am doing podcasts via Google Meeting so I can see the person. We can talk, we can communicate, and then I can still upload the audio so for our listeners, that's how I talk to my guests now, because we it's like talking to you in the same room, but we're not in the same yeah, room. You right, know? right. Um, and, and I like it that way. And I probably will continue to do it that way, because I still feel like going through the rest of this year and into 2022, we're still going to have those restrictions where we can't quite meet with people, you know, and, and I get it. But what the video format has allowed me to do in this podcast is to actually connect with people from around the world. Not just in my little spot in Raleigh, but you know, yeah. different states and countries. And I'm like, wow, if I can talk to somebody on another planet, hey, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm not there yet. We won't get there one day. Uh, maybe I could talk to one of the astronauts out in space and have a podcast <laughs> that way. <laughs> um, but I say that, you know, anything is possible. But for myself with the pandemic, um, I, I have, I have, you know, I, I don't want to say grown, but a lot of spots have popped up on me, you know, and I'm like, wow, I was counting in the beginning. I was like, oh, there's a spot. There's another spot. Where did this big spot come from? And then it was like, wow, where are all these thousands of little spots? 
And I'm at a point now I stopped counting because I'm like, I, I can't keep up. You know, vitiligo is doing what it wants to do. Yeah. Um, one arm has started repigmenting, the other arm started getting more spots. And I'm like, yo, whatever you're gonna do, I got a spot on my neck. I'm like, that's weird, you know. <laughs> it, it's just there, you know, it's not getting any bigger, it's just there. I'm like, Yeah, vitiligo is crazy. It is. <laughs> I did have actually I re now you say that I did have one pop up on my shoulder. And it was big, like the size of a dime. And mm -hmm. I was just, and I, I'm telling you, and people with vitiligo will know overnight. And I was like, what? Yeah. The, where did that just, this great big one? And then it just started a couple of weeks later, it like started to freckle up and, that, and right. it's gone now. And I'm like, right. okay, what was the purpose of that? Like, it just, it's just so random and so weird. And you have to, like, you know, you, you could count them, but really what purpose is that serving you except for right. you to be like, holy crap, now Stress. I'm at 76. So, <laughs> right. yeah, it's it's like sometimes, you know, and I think because it was on my shoulder and it wasn't smack in the middle of my face, I was able to say like, oh, okay, hello, hi, you're going to be there from now on. And then it was like, no, I'm only going to be here for a few weeks. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, you have to get used to the randomness of it. Right. And, and, and I find it fascinating though. I, I do. Sometimes I'll take my hands and compare the two and I took a picture of one and I said, hmm, I want to see if my spots have changed. And I'm like, ah, oh, that spot is not there anymore. Oh, but there's another spot. Yeah. Just, just, I can know that. Yeah. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. But at this point in my life, you know, uh, it's going to do what it wants to do. You know, I'm good yep. with that. Um, Gosh, there was something else I was going to ask you about with vitiligo and the spots. Oh, I know what it is. Do you experience itching before your spots show up? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. And burning. And a weird thing that nobody else, and maybe it's just me and my weirdness, but uh, when I'm stressed, my spots burn. So mm. I know that I am, uh, that something is bothering me because especially the ones around my mouth, it's like... Um, like when you're embarrassed or flushed and you get that mm -hmm. heat in your face, yes. I get those in my spots. And and that's when I'm stressed out, I can tell because I'm like, oh, I my face feels hot and it's because I'm stressed, which is okay. it's weird. But yes, when I'm when new spots are coming, like I've been scratching my my wrists lately like crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not like, laughing at you, but <laughs> I I've been scratching my ankles and I'm like, gosh, the mosquitoes are bad. No, that's what I wonder mosquitoes. sometimes. I'm like, is it a mosquito or is it spots coming? And in the summer especially, but yeah, it's um the itching. So if I, if I'm getting them around my mouth, it gets quite itchy. Um, this the stuff on my eyes and around my nose, not really. And my wrists for sure. Mm -hmm. Those my wrists, the insides of my wrists, and that's where I do get a lot of it um and that has been super itchy tops of my hands no not as much but okay yeah 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 I, my arms like um i do have a few tiny 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 spots on my left arm and that um that's the arm that's repigmenting um but my ankles oh gosh i'm like what is going on the mosquitoes are horrible you know and then uh -huh. i'm thinking i've been in the classroom all day there's yeah. no mosquitoes in there i'm good it's yeah. my vitiligo i'm looking and i'm like oh it's starting to spread more on my legs yeah. and i'm like yeah but guess what it's not gonna stop me from wearing shorts i'm still gonna wear them when it's hot and you know it, it's just one of those things you know where mm -hmm. i am i'm okay with it haven't always been i'm at a yeah. stage in my life where i'm okay with it um, yeah and, and there's gonna be some days i'm not and those right. are the days i would not wear shorts you know yeah. so <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, uh, let's see, I don't have anything else to ask, but at the end of all of my conversations with my 
guests. I always ask my guests to leave our listeners with something positive, a words of encouragement, something. So um, this is your time. Wow. I should have prepared for that. I should have. Oh no, no, that. no, no preparation. Um, I like to put you on the spot. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I I I, I want to say um maybe like to to be okay with wherever you are. Like if you're not okay with your vitiligo, at least be okay with the fact that you're not okay with it. Don't dwell on the fact that you can't, you know, you see other people and they're just living their life like it, you know, like, oh, I love the skin I'm in. If you can't say you don't love the skin you're in, that's okay. Hopefully you can still love yourself. You know, you don't have to, you you can love yourself without liking your spots. And so, um, and just, you know, know that, hopefully that the time is going to come that you do that you're okay with it or that you reach that plateau where you're not necessarily okay with it but you can accept it so right. um and and you know hopefully uh, i i hope that people can be okay with it i, I mean i'm i'm not like i said i am not absolutely not 100% of the time okay with it um but for the most part I am. And then on the days when I'm not, I just recognize the fact that I'm going to pass by the mirror today without looking in, or I'm not going to, I'm not going to study my, you know, I'm like putting my cream on because I do it three nights, three nights of the week. I put the cream on my spots and some nights I just honestly just throw it on and get out of there because I don't want to examine and see what's happening in there. It's like, no, not today. And some nights I'm like looking, I'm like, oh, look at you, look at you. So I guess (laughs) just to know that that wherever you are at with with how you feel about it and that it's it's okay. You don't have to love the skin that you are in. You don't have to, you know, reach any percentage of being okay with it. It it just it is what it is for you and that's okay. Absolutely, because that's your journey, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I do want to add one more thing before we wrap things up. Um, to speak about, and I was going to speak about it earlier, but I kind of forgot, um, you know, how you get to that point, you forget stuff. Um, treatment versus cure. On Facebook, and I'm, I'm saying Facebook because you see a lot of ads about, oh, try this. This works, yeah. you know? Yes. And for our listeners, you have to be very careful with that. Because there's no cure for vitiligo yet. Yeah. You know, everything out there is a treatment. And I did have to chime in on one uh, post I saw. Uh, Somebody was calling it, I've been cured of my vitiligo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I said, it's not a cure. There are treatments out there. There are many treatments. Yeah. And we have to remember that a treatment is designed to treat it for the moment. And a treatment is ongoing. You constantly have to use it. Yes. It is not a cure. You yeah. know, a cure is something that's going to take it away forever and you have to worry about it. So yeah. just keep that in mind to our listeners. Um, well, Pauline, Polly, it's been great having a conversation with you. I appreciate you coming on. I know it took a little time, but yes. that's okay. <laughs> everything, everything in its right timing. So this was the right Absolutely. time for you to come on board for the podcast. And, um, and look, maybe one day I'll get to Canada or get to Detroit or something. We'll see how travels go in the future. So. And it'd be Perfect. nice to meet everybody and, and, and be strong, you know. Um, haven't met anybody in person, but I've talked to Stephen many times. So. The time is coming. It, it has to open up soon, and I'm ready to travel. So maybe I'll come to one of your meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. We plan on having more. We're, we're starting in October here in North Carolina, and um, we don't know what the future holds, but we plan on having more stuff. So, you know, Good. we look forward to it. 
But thank you for the conversation. And for our listeners out there, you've been listening to Living Life and Love. And we are sponsored by My Bitter Life Old Team. This podcast was sponsored by My Bitter Life Old Team.